You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7, and sports. This is Behind the Stripes. Thank you for joining us as we take an honest look at the men and women we call officials. The professionals who make it possible for us to enjoy the games we love. They are the authority on the field, on the courts, on the diamonds, and on the ice. Behind the Stripes is here to support our officials, athletic directors, coaches, players, and fans by bringing attention to good sportsmanship, strong leadership, selfless teamwork, and respect for others on and off the playing field. Now, let's join our host, Keith Myers, and his guest for today's show. Well, thank you very much. It is week seven of high school football. It is week 19 behind the stripes. I'm Keith Myers with Brenda Hilton. If you'd like to contact us, you can contact Brenda at Brenda at officiallyhuman.com. My email address is coach at Indiana SRN. You can follow us on Twitter at Indiana SRN, and this week we have a treat because we get to pick on a coach, a guy that's been around a long, long time. Dick Sarnowski joins us, and Dick, thank you very much for joining us, and boy, are you going to be on a hot seat now since you've coached this, and you've been one of those probably coaches that yell and scream at officials and, you know, do all those things, and now you probably have repented from that, and now you understand uh, the, how the game should work. Is that accurate? It is. It, I, I guess I'll say it is accurate, but I am delighted to be here. Officially human is such a great cause. Um, I have so much, you know, I have so much passion for the game. And so when I see talking about respect and sportsmanship and fun, I have always taken that from the coaching perspective. But I love the fact that we're looking at it from an official's perspective. So it's very cool. So thanks for having me. Dick, th- thanks so much for joining us and for those uh, listeners out there today. Uh, Dick and I started working together in 1991 at Deluxe Check Printers, and I moved uh, to the Chicagoland area as um, as a newly married person with uh, not a lot of life experience outside of this small town. And, and Dick was kind enough, and him and a couple other people at Deluxe took me under their wing and uh, built a lifelong friendship from that. So, Dick, thank you so much for being with us today. And um, as we get started here, one of the things that I wanted to bring up to both of you, I was doing a little bit of research the other night on just the treatment of officials and if there was stuff kind of back in the 80s that was written. And I found a 1987 article from the Sun, Sun Sentinel out of California. And back then they were talking about the treatment of officials and how poor it was and it was getting worse and it was harder and harder to um, get officials to come into the game. So um, that might be around the same time that you started coaching. So um, tell us a little bit just about how you got started in into coaching and youth sports. My guess is that I got started a lot, maybe the same way a lot of people did, is that it was about 25 years ago, and my daughter was playing kindergarten soccer with the Park District. And of course, she was on a team. I knew nothing about soccer. I was a sports guy, but I'd never played soccer before. And so she's on this team. And one day I get a call from the coach, who I didn't even really know. But apparently a mutual friend had said, hey, listen, you need, you need help. He wasn't going to be able to make a game and a practice. And so he said, hey, I heard about you. Can you come and join us? And I'm like, I don't know anything about soccer. He said, you don't need to, you'll be fine. And I remember sitting down and joking with the kids a little bit. And the next thing you knew, I had so much fun. And that year I finished out the year, you know, coaching with him. 
And I will say I could only get better from there because our team did not win a game. We only scored one goal and the goal we scored was on our own team. Our, our goalie kicked it into the back of somebody's head and it scored on himself. And I was able to convince the kids every week that we had scored three or four goals during the game. And so I realized that I didn't have to necessarily know about soccer. If I knew about kids and understand it sports a little bit, I could do this. And so from there, I just, I just took off and I, I coached multiple seasons every year. So that's how I got started. Sounds like my coaching, coaching career in 20 years, I didn't win many games either. So maybe we have something in common. Uh, Brenda, you now do- wait, hey Keith, I, I said I didn't win that first year. I'm not saying I didn't win after. Oh, got it, got it. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well, okay, that show <laughs> that ends the show today, folks. No, uh, Brenda, <laughs> Brenda, you said that article was in what year? Nineteen eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. I wasn't born then. Uh, did Dave have <laughs> soccer? Just kidding, uh, Dick. As you look through the histories of coaching. Coaching has changed a lot, but so has officiating. Um, Walk through how you um, see the differences of of maybe back in the day and now. Well, as I think about coaching, you know, um, back then there was so much focus on winning. And unfortunately, I would say that that is still the same. But I think we've learned a lot. You know, I realize that we still need to draw attention to the respect and sportsmanship. But back then, it was almost okay to just plain yell at kids and focus on your studs and your best players and not really give enough attention to the team. And so I do think there's been a lot more focus on the team and individual needs and much more awareness in general. And I think that awareness has helped the sport and the game completely. Dick, as you look back when you first started coaching and kind of the training that you had to go through, and now we, we talk a lot about mental health at, at all levels of competition, is there additional training that you have to go through now as a coach and what to watch for in, in the youth? So to be clear, you know, I have spent my entire career coaching in the park district and I, it's, been, it's been delightful. Uh, it's the Arlington Heights Park District. They've done a fabulous job. But the amount of training that coaches get is really very minimal. And I think it's really unfortunate. I think the impact that coaches can have on kids today is so powerful. And I could tell you a couple situations. You know, I've coached my kids through almost everything. But there were a couple situations where my kids were coached by somebody else. And in a couple of the cases, they didn't continue with the sport because the coach, the coaches either focused only on their own kids or they just didn't treat the kids right. They were constant yellers. And so it's to me, it's unfortunate. I don't think there is enough training for coaches then or now. And I think that's one of the misses. And if I could add, you know, even at the level of park district, I think it is so important, like, like in my job today, you know, my, my career is spent getting feedback. You know, you get feedback from people. And I don't think park districts or programs do enough to get feedback on how are their coaches doing? How are their reps doing? Because if they got that feedback and passed it along to the coaches, I think that can have a great impact on making things better and weeding out the people that aren't doing a good job. Dick, you know, one of the things, you know, I coached for 20 plus years. I did win a couple of state championships, but it was amazing to me as my wife and I went through this ministry of coaching 
uh, how many times I was their dad, I was their mom, I was their uncle. Uh, I went to a lot of our kids, uh, a lot of our uh, kids that played for us, I went to their, their piano recitals or dance recitals because they didn't have that. Today's society, we're almost to that point. Do we see coaches reaching out like that again? Because I've had so many kids now calling call me uh, as I'm older and said, thank you for spending time with me and thank you for being part of this. And now I'm marrying some of those kids, which just blows me away. Yeah, I I don't think there's enough of that. But I do think the coaches, the coaches that really care and make it more than just, yeah, I'm just volunteering just to get, just to take it off somebody's plate or somebody asked me to, those that get into it and make the kind of impact you're talking about, Keith, I do see that. Like I see the kid, the kids really do respect their good coaches mm -hmm. and they can have an impact on their life for a very long time. So Dick, when, when you're talking about your, your park district games, and I'm glad that you um, brought that up. Uh, when Officially Human first started, I reached out to a couple of park districts and talked about the shortage, the looming crisis that, that was going to happen at the lower levels. And um, I got a response from one park district and they said, I've been doing this for 30 years. Nobody's ever respected officials. Um, thanks for emailing. So from your perspective, how do we kind of try to move that needle a little bit and whether it's respecting coaches and or officials, how do, how do we move that needle a little bit? Yeah. Well, you might've hit it on in the beginning when you asked about training, I, I really don't think there's enough training and there is so much power that comes from being in the position of a coach. You know, for me, the way I would do it and the way I've tried to is I'm a pretty, I, I, I believe in communication probably because I like to like to talk. But I would make sure that at the beginning of the season, I sent out a communique. I would talk to my parents. I tried to lead, you know, as, as well as I could by example. Um, but it's it's unfortunate. I'll, I'll give you one example that I think if if I could Im impose something on people across the world, and that is that when you're going to a game, and again, I'm focused on youth. I've most fifth through eighth grade is now kind of what I'll call my specialty. And it's amazing how many times when you're focused on your kid and your kid's team, that when somebody serves from the other team, and I'm choosing volleyball right now, but they make a serve and they miss. What happens? Everybody starts cheering, at least the, the parents for the team that, you know, the opposing team. And I think, oh my gosh, that is horrible. Like these are fifth through eighth graders and you are encouraging the fact that they just missed something. Why can't we all show respect and be more conscious that when a kid misses a free throw, just because your team benefited, you don't go out and cheer. So I think, I think awareness and, and Brenda, what you're doing with officially human, I, I wish that that spread to coaching and the game in general, because that's the biggest issue. It's just making people aware that when they do cheer at times like that, that they're actually crushing a kid. These are kids mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. the impact. So. Yeah, you you know you talk about that. My my granddaughters now are in soccer, and uh, my wife will constantly tell me, "Relax, Grandpa. She's not going to be a pro." Um, I I have to get that out of my mindset, but that's my competitive competitive nature, and I'm trying to do much better with that because I've been on that side of coaching and officiating, and now broadcasting. Boy, it is really 
brutal sometimes just to watch or listen uh, to to how fans respond and also then how coaches respond. And, you know, the best thing I've ever learned was how to lose and how to lose well. And I think uh, if we can teach our, uh, our coaches that way uh, of how to lose and how to lose well, it, it goes a long way, not only in officiating well, but all the way through uh, from mom, dad, to everyone else in the game. Yeah, I think that's the toughest thing. People people do not handle losing very well, and and I'm one of those. You know, I, I what how I demonstrate internally, it always eats me up. But the thing that I always, the message I always give my kids, and I believe this to be true, you always get another chance. Yeah, you may not have come out on the high end today, but it might be next year, it might be next season, it might be it might be three years from now. You always get another chance in sports. To, and if you're ready and you come back, you'll get your chance. So I, I would agree with you, Keith. And and sometimes it's not being the the best player on the floor. It's being the the best team player. And that also has to that 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 goes over to coaching and also goes over into officiating as as we know that a lot of certain sports work as crews and working together and having each other's back is also very important. Yeah, good point. You are listening to Behind the Stripes on Indiana SRN. If you'd like to contact Brenda, you can contact her by uh, emailing her at brenda at officiallyhuman.com. You can also email me as well as coach at Indiana SRN. It is halftime. We'll take a break. When we come back, a lot more in store for you. You're listening to Behind the Stripes on Indiana SRN. It's halftime at the Behind the Stripes podcast, powered by Indiana SRN, underwritten by the IHSAA and the Indiana Officials Association. If you would like to be a part of our sponsorship, please contact us at info at indianasrn.org. We want to hear from you. Contact Keith Myers at coach at indianasrn.org or Brenda at brenda at officiallyhuman.com. Now let's join Keith for the second half of Behind the Stripes, powered by Indiana Becoming a licensed sports official is a great way to make a positive difference in the community and support the over 160,000 Indiana student-athletes that participate across 21 IHSAA sports. Sports officiating allows you to stay connected to the game, become a role model for our young student-athletes, earn extra money, and support the patrons and communities of our IHSAA member schools. To learn more about becoming a licensed IHSAA official, log on to IHSAA.org slash officials today. You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7 and sports. Do you want to hear your favorite team on IndianaSRN.org? It's easy to do. Calling all the play-by-play and colored commentary. High school sports along with youth sport, Mr. Wizard is waiting for your call. Contact him at 317-443-0052. We're ready for every touchdown, basket, and goal. Contact Mr. Wizard, 317-443-0052. Back ready for the second half of Indiana SRN and Behind the Stripes. Keith Myers with you, Brenda Hilton. And Brenda, you, you know, we look at playoffs and all the things that that the fall is winding down. We in Indiana, we are in week seven of football, week seven of nine. 
uh, last report, 95% of all the football games were played last week in Indiana. So I think we're on the right track. We still have to work really hard. And, and so my question to you, Dick, is, is there uh, sports and where you're at with uh, the parks department? Well, there are not. Unfortunately, there's not. In fact, uh, I it's one of the most disappointing things. I so look forward to being able to coach in the park district. And this is the first, the first year. Um, in fact, we were at our championship game last season and that's when things got the plug got pulled. So things have not resumed since. So, so yeah, very unfortunate. I, I'm, I'm confident. I feel good that over the next couple months, we'll see some stuff return and, and hopefully by next summer we'll be back to normal. But um, back to normal also means that we're going to start facing this officiating crisis, the shortage even more. And so, Dick, in, in your area, do you happen to see a, a shortage of sport officials and, and throw in their coaches as well? I don't know if you have a shortage there as well. Yeah, um, truthfully, Brenda, I don't know if I can speak as well to the shortage of, of reps. My my inclination is that we do because you typically see the same refs and you see them i'll say kind of i'll say overused because they're used there's you don't see a lot of new ones and then when you get somebody that starts it feels like either something happens and i don't know what it happens if they get discouraged it doesn't go well but they don't seem to last and so you have kind of your your regulars and then there's to me i would say there's a shortage but i can't really speak to it on the coaching side I think there's always a shortage. You know, you have parents that will step up to coach their kids' teams, but there's always teams that are that that are missing coaches and they need to go out recruiting. You know, you know, if I have one ahead. piece of advice for you from the from the coaching perspective, uh, and just a little fun stat for you: seventy percent of new officials coming into the craft get out of it within the first three years because of the treatment from coaches and fans. And if I have one ask of you and any of your other coaching colleagues is to try to take some of these newer refs that you see, take them under your wing and, and encourage them. The one, another thing that we see a lot of, or we hear a lot of that we're missing some mentor mentee programs in the officiating space. I think we have a lot of, resources in the coaching but not so much in the officiating so if uh if you walk away with one thing from today it's when you get back on the courts to to look at the the officials and if they look young and they're just starting out and they're a little bit nervous um buy them a coke after the game well you you got it and i can tell you the most eye-opening experience you know you watch a game and you see somebody yell at a ref but in the case, I had my daughter was refing a soccer game. <laughs> and really, as an embarrassment, it was a friend of mine that was coaching the team. And he was one of those that had perennial, you know, he always had stars on his team and they dominated. And this was a close game. And he disagreed with a call. I don't even know if the call was a good one or a bad one. But he didn't agree with my daughter. And the way he berated her. She was in tears. She never, she didn't want to finish the game. She never wanted to go back on the field. And the impact, again, that people have, especially at this level when they're younger, sometimes younger refs, people don't realize they're not refs. They're kids. Mm -hmm. they're, they're people. And that's why your name, Officially Human, is so appropriate. 
Brenda, I got a story for you, and uh, Dick, you can chime in on this. Uh, it happened to us uh, this week, in fact. We were doing a, a very conference championship game on Indiana SRN, and the referee, uh, the line judge, made a call. The referee, instead of overruling her, blew her whistle, asked the line judge, which was a player, to come and ask her what she saw. The referee then t- told her what she saw, and instead of overruling her, she called a replay. As an ex-official and a coach and now an announcer, I think that is the best thing that could ever happen to that young lady because now she wants to line judge again, and now the official has the control of the game now because the coaches aren't going to yell because they're going to see what that official is going to do. I think that's what we need to do, Brenda, more and more officials taking charge of that and also have the coaches understand what the game is all about. Yeah, that's, yeah and, that's a really good point. And and if I could give this is a this is a different perspective on that, Keith, because I agree with what you just said. But something that I also see is parents get upset, and they they might start you know waving their arms and yelling because they think of, there was a bad line call. And you get this with a lot of you know like your tennis and your volleyball. And I try and show my parents even that it's a lot about your vantage point. Mm-hmm. So often. You know, those line judges, they are looking straight down the line, but I will actually take a ball and I will place it right next to the line and where it's actually out. But if you're looking from behind there, your vantage point is it appears like it's actually on the line. And when I demonstrate that, people get it, that you, it is not, you don't always have the best view from the stands. And so when you get all upset, you have to make sure that you're really right. Right. Exactly. So anyways. Well, as one of the a, things that we talk about a lot with officially human is um, I would love to have a, on every gym, every court, every field. When you walk in, there's a sign that says there's 435 views of every play in, in this arena, because I think that is a, a, a very, very good point that um, people don't have the same view and fans react to coaches and New Mexico, they were one of the, the state associations that were able to finish their basketball season last year or this year. And um, they said that with no fans in the stands, the coaches were great. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, as an official yeah. who only missed one call because every single time I stepped on the, fl- uh, the floor, is that was the missed call I made as I stepped on the floor. <laughs> but I will, I will tell you this, working Division I high, uh, basketball uh, in college and also then doing high school uh, basketball, uh, I had great mentors. And I, I think we talk about this over and over and over again, but it does come to mentorship of those officials. And now the young coaches, I think it would be cool if a young coach would get to referee one of those lower-level games so they understand what that is all about. If we could do that clear across the country, I think we would have less problems uh, because I don't think we'd, we'd educate very well anymore. No, I, I, I would agree. And, you know, again, I come from the coach's perspective, but I think about one of the lessons I try and teach my kids is, you know, winning is fun. There's no doubt. It is when I set my when I set kind of what my code of conduct is, uh, winning never enters in there. But secretly, come on, we all we all like to win, and so it's important. But when you're playing a game, 
it's important to think about your opponents and kind of back to this this human human aspect and so even some of the things i would try and do with my team if you're ahead by five goals let's say in soccer that there are other ways to play your best and that is maybe you decide to play keep away right you decide that you're going to pass the ball and keep the other team from getting it but you truly don't take a shot on goal you're still exercising your skills you're still trying your best but you're not trying to rub it into the other team and i just I think, again, it goes back to this education and mentorship and just passing along knowledge like that, that there are so many different ways to handle situations. Okay, we're down to our last two questions. Here's my last question, and Brennan will get the last question this week. But, Coach, uh, winning, you you win a game. What do you do for snack? Do you get them nachos after the game, hot dogs, or do they get that lame bag of (laughs) <laughs> so I have a passion for uh, sweets. And so for me, I'm constantly during the season, there's always candy goals. So if any of my kids that I've coached, they would know that I'm famous for this, but it's always that Hershey candy bar that they get. And then if they accomplish a team goal that I've set, then we'll go out for ice cream. Well, that's not bad. I could wait for him. I could wait for him, Brenda. I, I, me too. Yeah. Or I could just be his manager. Yeah. Well, Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You, you always get your way. Last okay. question so brought last. to you. Wait a minute. Last question. We got a sponsor for this. You ready? This last question brought to you by Burton or Electric. Go ahead, Brenda. Well, look at that. So um, I think as we close up here and wrap up, if you had a couple of tips that you would want to share with young officials as they are just getting started, what would they be? Well, I actually appreciate that question because I love to talk to the refs afterwards. And to me, it's be honest with the coaches. Let them know that mm, you're green. Good. You know, ask for their help sometimes. Very good. But let your but let your personality shine through. Um, the best ref I've ever had um, still does my adult league. And his name's Morris, and he gets to know the players' names. He banters before the game. He compliments good points, explains his call, and simply says sorry when you know, somebody disagrees. So at the end of the day, make it fun. And that if you do that and you're just, you let your personality come through, all will be good. That's That's really good. That is, that's great. If you would like to buy or get some posters, you still have your banners, uh, Brenda? We do. They're on our website, officiallyhuman.com. There you go. Get some banners. And if you're, you know, you're one of these coaches or one of these rec leads that needs some uh, sportsmanship banners or some great banners. Uh, I would highly recommend them. They're very good. And uh, Coach, I really appreciate your time today. I told you this was going to go really quick, and we appreciate your time to, today, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. What a great cause Officially Human is, so thank you. Thank you, Dick. Have a great day. You too. That wraps thanks, it up yeah. for us. It is week number 19, week 20 next week, Brenda. Yes, and we are in for a treat. Uh, J.D. Collins, the national coordinator from the NCAA, will be on with us, and it should be a really good week. And then after week 20, we're going to take a few weeks off because we want to hear from you. We're going to take a little respite, uh, but we need to hear from you. So contact Brenda at brenda at officiallyhuman.com or myself, coach at indianasrn.org. Just tell us what you would like to see because we would like this show to gear towards you. We do want to thank Burtner Electric for chiming in uh, today. We want to thank Brenda as well. I'll see you next week, Brenda. Thank you. Have a great week. You bet. 
And that wraps it up for us. We'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Behind the Stripes on Indiana SRN, where you're always in the game. You've been listening to Behind the Stripes, a show that supports our officials, athletic directors, coaches, players, and fans by bringing attention to good sportsmanship, strong leadership, selfless teamwork, and respect for others on and off the playing field. Thank you for listening to Behind the Stripes, powered by Indiana SRN. Having an electrical problem? Berkner Electric has your solution. We provide professional residential and commercial electrical contractor services to Indianapolis and surrounding communities. With more than 30 years of experience, we have a reputation for safety, excellence, and competitive pricing. We are fully licensed, bonded, and insured for your protection. Electrical work can be shocking, so leave that problem to the pros at Berkner Electric. Call for a free estimate, 317-773-7663. Just two years ago, Internet radio seemed to be a mysterious phenomenon. It was available for use, but there wasn't much data. That has changed. Today, there is a growing body of information on Internet radio. Seven out of ten people ages 18 to 45 prefer to listen to Internet radio than a terrestrial radio station. If you're interested in reaching this audience, email us at coach at indianasrn.org. We look forward to sharing our low rates with you and help to market your business. Contact us at coach at indianasrn.org. You're listening to IndianaSRN.org.